Hello. Good evening. Good evening. How are you tonight? Just fine. October. October's a big month. Big, big, big month. We've got two birthdays. Today, this very day, as we record this Tuesday, October 5th, 2021, is the two-year anniversary of uh, bringing, greeting a, a lizard, bringing a lizard into our home. Hmm. That, yeah. uh, Bando's gotcha day. What'd that mean? Gotcha day is the day that you get your pet. It's not your pet's birthday, but it's the day, oh. the day you, you get your pet. And I like home. that. I'm going to write that down. That's very good. Uh, gotcha I, day. I did not make that up. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, you like to be known for at least one thing. Hmm. So, but you're well, we know, you know, we don't talk about your life very much. Maybe that's by design. You're, you're muted. Hmm. I know. This is my wife came in the room, decided she needs to talk to me about something. Oh, tell, very tell her I said hi. Yeah, you have the dog in here. You want her to bark at you? Yes, <sighs> I do. Let's go. No, no, Daisy, stay. Stay, Daisy. Hey, play this over your speakers. Daisy, stay. Too late. She's gone. Yes, the dog was in here with me, but now I'm starting, I'm she, feeling, starting to feel like my influence in your home might be waning a little bit. Well, they can't hear you. Well, that's why I said put it over your speakers. You probably got real nice speakers. They probably got wheels yeah, on them. You think I can just do that real quick and I mess up all my recordings? Who yeah, knows I bet you got a key binding for that. I bet you got an Emacs for that. You could play like a C major seventh and it would uh, stream through the, well, nope. not the cord. The cord is what Stallman designed it that way. You, you put it in, uh, in called back ticks. And then mm -hmm. when you form that cord, you know, it uh, that makes the dog stay. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 pfft. Larry Wall. Anyway, we don't talk about your life very much. We got, a, we got a lot to talk about, John. I feel like I'm, I'm, I, I, I think I like the episodes where I'm in a bad mood, and this week I'm in a good mood. So, hmm. well, don't, don't abuse it, you know. But, uh, um, uh, you know, I think I'm finally, you know what it is? I think I'm finally getting over the summer. Hmm. Getting into what passes for you getting over what passes for summer in San Francisco to get into what passes for fall in San Francisco. Absolutely true. Um, although I can't, I can't pin this climate change, but it does not get as cold. Well, who knows? I might've adapted, but it doesn't get as cold or as depressing as I feel like it used to in the summertime. And uh, also we're having our, I think the, 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 what do they call it? Native American summer right now. Mm -hmm. So it's been real hot. I'm wearing short pants. Well, if I'm being honest, I'm wearing underwear right now. This is my private, op private office. Um, yeah. But I do have a pair of shorts I've been wearing. You know, I wear it once a year, twice if you count Rhode Island. But um, I don't like the way my phone rattles around in it. You know, it's always, always. How did you keep a straight face when Marco was basically describing his phone hitting him in the junk? That's not what he was saying. It kind of was. That's what you were picturing, maybe. No, Here's well, he's a, he's a very handsome guy. He's very fit. It was difficult to understand his complaints because he wants his phone to be on the side of his leg, but most pockets aren't well, on the side. It gravitates toward of, the junk, you know? And yeah, the pockets are on the... You have your front pocket and your back pocket. There is no side pocket. I never want to have... You know, Marco being a friend is a, a special delight. Um, like a, a bunch of the people I've met through the internet well, not like a bunch, like a handful of people I've met through the internet. I'm just delighted to be acquainted with somebody like Marco, but I'm so glad I don't have him buying anything from me or considering buying anything from me. From Can you? you? What, what would you be selling? I don't know. What's he interested in? I mean, maybe headphones, maybe gold cables, but like he's, he's very, um, I think the, the neurotypical term for Marco is he's picky. It's sort of like you are. 
but in a different way. And that's what makes you guys such a powerful, uh, what are their names? Zan and Jaina, you know, with the Wonder Twins. Mm-hmm. You two, like Marco makes you want to buy something you almost need that costs a little mm-hmm. more than you'd like. And then uh, you show them why it's terrible. And you're, and you're the monkey, Gleek. I'm, I'm Gleek. I got the tail, shape of an ice monkey or, mm-hmm. a, or a moon snow ladder. You carry the bucket with the water twin in it. I carry, I carry, hmm. Oh, I could do that. Because you like, one can only change into water related things, which is just not a great power. And then you need the monkey. No. Like if you change it to water, but you, like, I don't know where the bucket comes from, but whatever you need. If you change it to water and you need to travel somewhere, then Gleek's got to carry you in a bucket. You think that's the most efficient way? Well, could instead okay, first of all, this is one of those classic DC, well, and it is, I guess technically it's a DC comic or a DC property, classic DC mismatch of powers. So if memory serves, it's the, the sister can turn into an animal. Is that right? And the brother turns yeah. into anything involving the various states of water. So she's got basically like beast boy power. So she could turn into presume. I don't know if it has to be the same mass. I'm not going to look it up, but I have, I think she could, I'm guessing she could probably turn into a sand flea or she could turn into a biome and she could certainly turn into like a mountain lion. I think she turned into cats fairly often. Now, the thing is the thing about the brother, when he turns into something made of water, it's usually ice and it's usually like a, like a boat or something, right? Where he's kind of, I think fudging on the concept a little. According to the Wikipedia page. Oh boy. Uh, okay. Jaina can notes. transform into an, any animal, whether real mythological indigenous to earth or indigenous to some other planet like Exor. So mythological. She could know, be a can, dragon. She could be a. Sure. But then like, I guess, does it, do you need, is like citation needed? Does there actually have to be a myth about this animal? Or can you just think of an animal? It's like, yeah, it's vaguely animal. Like. Also, like if it. you said, you said, for example, shape of, uh, let's see, for, um, a sp- species, uh, skeleton keys, and you turn it into a, a key because now you decide there's a mythology. Yeah, there's a, the, you've made up your own animal that happens to be a key. Or, or like uh, you could turn into a mainframe because lots of people write sex stories about computers. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of what's it called? My daughter has told me about this site. I, I, I'm upset that she even knows what it is. I think it's called my my story time or something. <laughs> it's where you can go, go and find out like uh, which one of the doctors is having intercourse with an AM radio, or like you know maybe you know Edward G. Robinson's hat is having intercourse with Cary Grant's hat. What's it called? I think it's called Our Time. Maybe that's maybe that's the service for elderlies. That's a terrible mismatch, and I, I just feel like it really kind of flies in the face of the whole concept. Do they have a list of the characters of the things that they've become? Mm. I think that would be a very that's going to be more list. like a wikia, probably. Yeah, uh, the Warner twins have a space a pet space monkey title case pet space monkey named Gleek, mm-hmm. who was who has a useful prehensile tail and who could act as a conduit for the twins to activate their power should they be out of reach. Gleek also served as a oh here you go also served as a courier when the <laughs> twins needed to travel. Jaina would typically transform into a large eagle and Zan would transform into water, quote unquote, jumping. Into a bucket. Jesus Christ, John. Did you Where read this? Where did the bucket come from? What a stupid bucket. Huh. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm confusing. I'm, I'm confusing a, a line that's not a real line from Totoro, and I'm also thinking of a line from Joe Bluth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but where does the lighter fluid come from? Exactly, yeah. Jumping into a bucket, which Gleek would be holding while clutched by Jaina in her eagle form. 
Now, isn't that also a controversy in uh, Lord of the Rings? Isn't there a big controversy? Why didn't they just fly the monkey? Uh... It's not a controversy. It's a, it is a trope. It is a common question. Why didn't the eagles just fly them to Mordor? Okay, good. I got that one. All right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Star Wars, Star Wars. Oh, God, it's going to be a good week. So did it come from, an, you know, I'm going to close this page. You, you put it in your pre-notes area, I noticed. Once again, once again, my Imperator, John Syracuse, great job on notes. Now, did you create the links page or did I? You you don't remember? I feel like I did it because it's all my grit links I keep avoiding talking about. So I'm guessing I moved them there probably a week is and a half ago. Is that, is that the only uh, technique you have to... Uh, determine whether you did something is to look at it and reason about whether it looks like the kind of thing you might do. It helps a lot. Hmm. It helps a lot. And this is why, this is why we had our fracas about me pushing that, that poor woman on the plane mm. is because there's things I can remember. And then there's things mm-hmm. where I do need to, as you say, back solve through the mm-hmm. stack. And when mm-hmm. I back solve through the stack, I could say, nah, that's not the kind of thing I would do. Or yeah, that's totally something mm-hmm. I would do. Deleting stuff is something I would totally well, do. Well, so do you want to know? You want to know the answer to this one? Or do you want to puzzle it out some more? <laughs> I'm going to tell you uh, what I think happened, and I'm going to tell you how I think I know. Yeah, just just one more thing. Who who was that? Was that your friend? Columbo. It's Columbo. Oh, right, right. You're touching the doorknob. Um, um, I normally, I sometimes, I do this. I, I think it's a little, well, you know, CMSs are hard. I wish there was a way to select multiple and do something to it. The classic Yahoo mail interface improvement of the late 90s, the ability to say, select all of these and, and then from a pull down, do this. That was magic when sites started doing that. And I wish there were more sites that would let me do that. I wish there was a site that let, would let me, I wish our CMS, all the, CM, all the great CMSs would let me say, take the following you know, discontiguous links and then move them to next week or delete them or whatever. But I'm not to tell you my clue. I think you did it. You did that. And I'll tell you the clue. The clue is that someone has fixed or repurposed my link that under production notes that says that the links are available. And only you would have done that because you're the one who updated this document. <laughs> Just one more thing. Now, okay. How close was I? Was I close? Colonel Mustard. Um, okay. With the lead pipe. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you got it. Um, okay. I made the Thank the you, John. Links, Thank you, John. Um, you made a links page. I'm I, so, so here's happy. The thing, is, this thing that you do is you preemptively put in links before we've talked about it, and then I have to go in and remove them to say, we never talked about this. You don't but have to do that. You don't have to do that. Because you I saw do. that you had put work into making those links. I saved them. And I said, <sighs> you know, if we if we talk about that topic again, we don't have to want to have to redo the work that was done to find these links. And so I put them back in preemptively in this episode, repeating your mistake. Thinking, we'll definitely talk about this in this episode, but oh, now we're not going to answer. It's my fault. Okay, okay. But yeah, I staged the episode for you. Okay, well, that's a very slanted way to do that, and I may want to have your law license reviewed. That was a very slant. I don't mean to be racist. That was an extremely uh, slanted way to present that. I put things in notes. You know what they say on the field notes? You probably don't because you don't write it down. You don't mm-hmm. write it down. You're not going to remember it later, let alone remember it now. And when I put things into notes, I, I sometimes I'm, I'm a co-host on shows for the internet where people will actually look at things like links and notes, and that will acquaint them to things rather than needing to be reminded that there's things in links that they could look at. And removing, it's a doddle, as they say in England. Although I would like the Yahoo menu. Yeah, no, I could have just deleted them, but I didn't no, know I appreciate if you had, it. Them, You're if you had them saved somewhere. I can't afford so your loyalty is what I'm saying. <clears throat> Thank you for doing that. You did a really good job. Let's go but look. But now Let's I'm going to have to remove them again. No, you're not. You don't have to do that. We don't know what we're going to talk about. As long as it's in the document, it's it's in the it know, could be in the show. Pre- preemptively putting in links, it's, it's too uh, 
Too optimistic. You're too optimistic. Do you, do you think the um, links you, are nothing? Linking oh is everything. Oh my god! That's what Eisenhower said. He put it in his mm-hmm. matrix. Mm-hmm. Put it on the list now. Okay, so I don't know if we're gonna get to Grick. I want to have a fun one. I'm, mm-hmm. get, I'm finally getting rid of. Oh, and the other thing is, I got two more things. One of them is that um, I think I'm getting over summer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Although with that said, we've pretty much like in asteroids, you call this a wraparound. You you usually get. You get ants, you get the sugar ants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. just not even doing phrasing anymore. You get ants when it's wet outside because that drowns their little houses, RIP to a real one. That's when they come in your house. You also get them sometimes, well, they, they enter your house. So it's what they do in their own time mm-hmm. is up to Eileen. Come on, Eileen, yep. I, gosh, yes. You know with the ducking, it's going to sound like you said it first. Damn it. Jim, make me sound smart there. You get the ants, and usually you get a respite before they come back. John, I'm here to tell you, the ants never went away. It's October of 2021, and we still have the sugar ants. I just threw out one of our ant traps today because I said, you know what? Ant season is over. We don't need mm-hmm. these ant traps anymore. Let me just throw this away. Well, it would help if some of us would take our daily bagel and hot chocolate to the trash, but I'm not mm-hmm. naming names. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was, oh, yeah, we're, I, I had a really good idea for, um, you know, I write down all my, I write down Twitter bios and Twitter locations. And I, re- I remembered that I had a good one, but I couldn't remember what it was. New location. It's going to be, not right now, Grandpa's Automobile. Okay. Um, <laughs> she just wants to know where Grandpa's Automobile is. Oh, Lordy. Um, Oh, we watched uh, we watched Bridesmaids last night. That led to a new one. She is dressed in traditional colonial garb. I think Paul mm-hmm. Feig is one of the great directors. I'm just going to say it. I think he's one of the... And that cast is just... Whew, cheek to jowl. Sorry to hear about the radiation leak on the ship. That's from Dark Star by John Carpenter. But we, enough of this wallowing in, in hypocrisy. We got stuff to talk about. And here's what I'm going to say. I have a lot of content this week. I feel like I've been... Maybe because I'm still shaking off summer and the assault that I committed on an old person... Um, again, also they say this in bridesmaids, you're not allowed to attack people in first class. They, they say that right, right in. I mean, yes, I feel like you should have already known that. Yeah. Well, I've, I've flown in coach enough to know, uh, believe me, I've been back there, you know, at my oar. So it's October and, um, oh, oh, I don't know if we mentioned this relay killed it at the uh, St. Jude stuff we don't have that in notes here. I'm sorry to spring it on you. They dubbed, did we talk about this? They doubled the amount? Did we talk about this? Yeah, we talked about it. I mean, there was All obviously right. last time we spoke, it was lower, but yeah, now they cracked 700K. I just want to say thank you to everybody who uh, participated in that. You're the best. That's right. And here's what I'm going to say. I have a lot of content, but I think it would be kind of fun. I see too many topics that are at the top that are not only good, but I am semi-prepared for. I would like to revisit Grit later, but... Uh, I also, uh, if you'd entertain it at some point, if you're interested while you're driving, I do also have some, some important new content that's been discovered. All right. That's all sounds good to me. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by privacy.com. You can learn more about privacy.com right now by visiting privacy.com slash diffs. Privacy is a tool that makes it easy to manage your financial life online while keeping your most important information secure. By generating virtual card numbers, privacy masks your bank information so you never have to worry about giving out to people uh, that you don't know online. That's a good feeling. Uh, 
I, I, I don't like using cards. I don't like putting them into things. If I'm being honest, I don't like putting them into gas pumps. I don't like putting them into parking meters. And, and I kind of, if I'm, uh, if I'm being honest, I, I look askance at people who do because, because I've lost my stuff, you know, my number, it's been compromised. It's bad and I don't like it. And, and I don't like it. And that's why I use privacy.com and you should too. Check it out, right? Go take back control of your payments because guess what? You get to decide who can charge your card, how much and how often, and you can close a card at any time. So much great control. I wish everybody did this. Plus, you can make sure that you are never accidentally billed twice or upgraded to another service without your consent. And, uh, you know, Privacy, they have partnered with our very good friends over at 1Password. They uh, let you create, use, and save privacy cards directly within your 1Password dashboard. All virtual cards created in 1Password will have the same security benefits as your other privacy cards. And uh, that means you can set spend limits, create single-use or merchant-locked cards whenever you want. So cool. So right now, please head over to privacy.com slash diffs. That's D-A-F-F-S. Sign up for your account. New customers will automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase. Once again, that's privacy.com slash diffs. Sign up now. Our thanks to Privacy for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. You go anywhere, boy. Anywhere. Where are we going? We're starting from the top. Oh, that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Right up there at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, some of you have heard this program before, I hope. If it's your first one, hello, welcome. This is Reconcilable Differences. I'm the monkey that carries John in a bucket. And there's no women, of course. <laughs> um, if you've heard this program before, you know John and I have had some conversations in the past about uh, 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 an Italian dish called pasta. We've uh, had a lot of discussions. I got approximately seven weeks of updates on how I was still saucing it wrong. Uh, John has a lot of thoughts about pasta. I don't think that's quite accurate, but go on. I know that I, I know that I was at the end of my rope, and there were still two more episodes where I had to sit there for thirty minutes while you told me I was saucing it wrong. I don't think that actually happened, but I, if I, I go back, I, I, I want to validate your your uh, perception of the experience. I don't even remember if I'm making links. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Unreliable narrator. All right, there's a point and a bigger point, and then back to a smaller point. The, the, the point is, you've heard me, you may hear, have heard me talk about a dish that I remember making in college called bachelor pasta. And I think on a number of occasions, I've even said it's from a book that I really liked, a book that came out in 1987. See, also, big fan of reference books, fact books, how-to books. I love stuff like this, especially ones with little, you know, like a Guinness Book of World Records all the way through to a book of lists. You name it, I love them all. There's a book I came across, well, you know, on Eileen, of, uh, it's called The Modern Man's Guide to Life. It came out in 1987. There's also a Modern Woman's Guide to Life that I, I if memory serves, I bought for my girlfriend for Christmas. And um, it's, it's right in my wheelhouse in terms, I remember loving this book because it's just little atoms of information that people have sent in. A lot like the, rule, the Rules of Thumb book. Is that, is that real or is that the framing device? Like, is it a fiction? The the the, 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 the people <laughs> sense this stuff in. Oh no! When you see the initials in parens, that means that's the name of the person who contributed it. And then there's a uh, appendix at the end that says who all the people are. All right, that I mean, it's 1987, so who knows? But yeah, okay. Well, so here's a few things. First of all, I, I did order a used copy of this over the weekend and it arrived yesterday. And I'm very happy to say it's it's still a lot of fun to look at. And most importantly, this is the top, the apex, is that for our discussion, it does have the canonical recipe for what they call late-night bachelor pasta. I might not even bring it up here. 
except, boy, is this book ever from 1987. I am reminded favorably of the incomparable program where where folks play Family Feud, but it's with a 1970s version of Family Feud. Mm-hmm. And boy, those top 100 uh, answer people pff, thought real different. And you can see it really right, right on the cover where you're going to learn about job, sex, and glues. That's mm-hmm. two things, not three. Um, I want, what I wanted to do, at the very least, if you would suffer me, I, I mean, I could spend an entire night where you tell me something you want advice on and I'd look at it for you, but I sent you... I scanned and Apple texted, live texted the entire section on pasta in the Modern Man's Guide to Life, including the late night bachelor pasta. You jump in anywhere you want. If you have thoughts, if you wanted to give me a close Italian title, close Italian reading of uh, late night bachelor pasta, I would love your thoughts. Maybe I could read it and then you could respond. Before we do that, do you have the, the image of the cover? Where yes. is that? Did you send it to me? Can you throw that in the um, chat? Because I feel tweet, like the, Yeah, the tweet should still be up. But yeah, I got it here somewhere. Give me a sec. Yeah, we need that. We need that link for it, notes it, because it, it tantalizes the modern man with a bunch of the things that he may uh expect to find within the uh covers of this uh some five hundred page tome. Because you just made reference to it, and and I feel like if you're listening to this program and you haven't seen the cover, the cover deserves to be described right so it's the, the modern man's guide to life uh we'll put try to put a link in the show notes of this image the, the it says the modern in small text and then it says man apostrophe s and huge They're letters fun with 80s typography right yeah. and then guide to is small and then it says life so it says man's life right mm-hmm. uh advice and information about everything and then That's below the that it has a word salad of the things that you might find in this book it's almost like an alphabetical tag cloud right uh the first one of them I had to read many times because it's not really a word, but maybe in the 80s it was a phrase that was in common circulation. It's audiomania, which is not a neurological disorder or something, but in fact, I it's think so, just it trying sounds, to say, It's got two Latin, um, two Latin, not roots, but two Latin things that do have meanings mm-hmm. in and so the I feel DSM. Like people, that's like, if you're really into stereo, it's 1987, you're really into hi-fi. If you're into hi-fi, but it sounds like you, you're you hearing voices. Right, exactly. And then it's making you a little silly. Right. And by the way, each one of these each one of these words is capitalized. The first word is capitalized, not if it's a multi-word separate. phrase, yeah, but only, it's, only it's, the first. And these are all comma-separated. Give me a rapid fire. Just read through the kinds of, in this right. in this tag cloud salad. What, what can I expect to find in the modern man's guide to life? So it does appear to be alphabetical. So maybe that's why audio mania comes first, because clearly it's not going to be the most important thing in the modern man's guide to life. But anyway, we go to baldness. All right, now I can see that. Cooking, sure, we're going to cover that in a bit. Dating, mm-hmm. yeah, makes sense. Euro greetings, all one word. Euro greetings. Mm-hmm. Euro greetings. Doesn't no, that tickle no, your buying bone a little bit? No idea what that is about. Freight okay. hopping, hyphenated. Uh, yeah. I guess that's like hopping on trains. All right, now here comes, this is where it's, all right, so freight hopping, you're greeting and audio mania. Maybe you just don't know what those are, but maybe they're words at the time. That John, like, oh, John maybe Sunday 80s. morning, my daughter and I walked to pick up breakfast and I was making fun of her because she's wearing some of my old Doc Martin slip-on boots. Mm-hmm. She refuses, she gets very attached to things. She gets very attached, she's very attached to her phone. She's very attached to these shoes. She re- refuses to let me buy her new insoles and she really does look like a hobo. She, she's, she's always having to take them out and move them around and like reblock them on the fly before she leaves. And then we ended up talking about the difference between, and I learned this from the areas of my expertise, the different kinds of hobos and how it's different mm-hmm. from being homeless. It's really about riding the rails. And it became incredibly clear before we were halfway to the breakfast 
that she would like to start riding the rails. So this this timing is impeccable. Freight yeah, hopping. Freight hopping. So, but, we do, but we do have Audio Mania and Euro greeting lurking in there. It's like maybe okay. things I don't understand. And freight hopping, that seems to be, you know, but baldness, cooking, and dating, fine. All right, yeah. so now but we're going alphabetical, keep in mind. So it's not priority. But the next one, the next mm-hmm. one I feel like is just out of left field. Yeah. So Audio Mania, baldness, cooking, dating, Euro greetings, freight hopping, glues, G-L-U-E-S. Glues. Yeah, that's it's a little it feels a little bit random and a little bit sweaty in terms of trying to hue. I mean, I, in a second, I'm going to turn on the lights and look and see what else is under G that might have worked better. But yeah, their G their G is glues. glue. And, and I'm, I'm assuming they mean straight up the stuff that you use to stick one thing to another thing. Glues. I wouldn't overthink it. It might just be like, is this a thing that I should be using? Like, I mean, maybe they mean sniffing glue. I don't know. Anyway. For each, you got how to deliver a baby, which was, yeah. you know, it's a TV trope, whatever. Insomnia. Okay, I guess. I mean, I don't want that. Anyway, next one, we get into something that you just referenced. Job sex. Job sex. Mm-hmm. By which I have to assume they mean sex in the workplace. Yeah, yeah. And this Well, there's more on this in a minute. But yeah, this mm-hmm. is specifically the kind of sex, presumably the kind of sex one has on the job in 19. Sure. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then you've got crash cleaning, crash with a K. No <laughs> idea what that is. Liquor, fine. That is very smart. Motorcycle madness. That goes great with audiomania. Nightlife, (laughs) where the L gets a capital. Every other one, like crash cleaning, capital K, everything else is lowercase. Nightlife, capital N, capital L. But that makes sense. Office politics. I'm sure that goes great with job sex. Mm. Pissing. (laughs) That's after the job sex. You got to deal with the office politics. Yeah, you got to deal with the office politics. Then you have pissing, which like, yeah, sure, I guess. I mean, you know, modern. Sure. Okay. Pissing. Quitting smoking, I like that. There's a health angle, you know, because they need a cue, right? Quitting yeah. smoking. Revenge, mm, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. All right, fine. And now we have, for the S, you know that it's got to be the one for S, sex, which is sex. distinct mm-hmm. from job sex. That's, because that's job very, sex, very true. That's very sex true. in the workplace, but that's not regular. That's job sex. Everyone knows job sex. You know job sex? Of course, job sex. <laughs> job sex, glues. Right, glues. Yeah. Audio Traditions. <laughs> I mean, okay. Traditions. Yep. Upmarket manners. Uh-huh. Mm, I, I mean, I'm not sure what that's getting the, the at. Ne- but the next one is just ponderous yeah. to me. VD voodoo. V e d e, and then v o o d o. Oh, VD. It's venereal disease. Is that what it is? No, it was the, no, in, just in capital no, B, capital at, D. Without looking at the cover, say it. Yeah, I, I know. I understand, but like, but wouldn't they it's have gotta spelled be it capital sexist. B, capital D? Well, they should be specific. Is it a job sex VD? Yeah. VD right. VD Vici. Yeah, we're on to the W's I came, now. I saw Eileen. We're on to the W's where I feel like they cheat Panama. to say, what to do if the pilot dies. Yeah. Uh, that's a macho type of thing. Come and on. more. More is ellipsis. capitalized with a capital M, uh, ellipsis. So that is the cover of this. <sighs> this is what you're in for in this book. Job sex, glues, freight hopping, <laughs> John, regular sex. Uh, John, uh, under the section called glue, I'm in the index. And this is back when they used to have, then they would put indexes even, even in crappy mm-hmm. books. Uh, glue... Uh, you have applying, and that's from 255 to 258. And then types of glue yeah, is on glues, 258. It's plural. But this is the part that's bewildering to me, because if I were the some kind of an editorial assistant on this, and I had to go to the boss with my suggestions for G, glue would not be high <laughs> on the list, because they're leaving off, and I'm not going to do all of these, but um, gambling, mm-hmm. garlic, gifts, garlic sex. girlfriends, <laughs> girlfriend sex, uh, is, it, is girlfriend sex there? Sexual girl talk. That's on 128. But golf. I hate golf. So it should probably be there. Goodwill Industries. Uh, grapefruit. Oh, gravy. 
but I, if all of these, if it were uh, the kind of idiot you're trying to reach with this book, I would have gone with golf or gambling or maybe yeah, girlfriends. Sure. But they went with glues. That, that sounds like a the, Jared Diamond book. Someone's looking Golf's at this book cover and, and they, their eye is drawn to glues, quitting smoking, and traditions. <laughs> and they just want to better it's themselves. So Testament. This is, they just want to better themselves in what they yes. don't yet know is a Martha Stewart type of way. Yes. True. True, true, true. All right. Anyway, so yes, we do have to dive into this, uh, the, the bachelor pasta thing you did find. This is, this is, yeah, I, I, it occurred to me this morning. I should probably send you, I didn't send you every single, there was a couple sentences on the page before, but this is all the good stuff. It starts with how to boil pasta. It goes through their five bulletproof recipes. One of which is the name is a little problematic. Um, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. If you feel allow it, what I'd like to do is read you. This is very short. It's a short paragraph. Do you want to read this or shall I? Well, let me let me just say we'll, we'll yes. read it in a second because it's only a paragraph. This is the number one uh, bulletproof recipe, and when Five I looked good at, pasta dishes, one for every mood and every moment, one for right. you. And and I didn't like when you sent this to me. I didn't know the context of the book. I didn't understand it was supposed to be things that people sent in. I also, you know, and now when you told me that, I'm like, is it real or not? But here's what I thought. Here's what I immediately thought of. I'll put this yeah. in your. This first late night bachelor pasta is essentially a one paragraph version of this <laughs> meme. <laughs> yes. Right. I made a joke like this once involving a photo or a draw, a painting of Abraham Lincoln with all incorrect quotes in it. Right. So this is, Use this the force is the meme. Harry, I, don't, says I don't know what you call yeah. this meme, but this is one. Of, it's like the incorrect franchise meme. Right. So it's got it's a picture. It's got a quote in it. And the quote is use the force, Harry. And then it's attributed to Gandalf. And it shows a picture of Patrick Stewart. Yeah, right? that's pretty... it's a thing that tries to get everything intentionally wrong to infuriate people who can't stand to you know when people mess stuff up right in a humorous yeah, way sure sure so now here now with that in mind yeah here is late night bachelor pasta mm-hmm. it says cook up some number eight elbow noodles and just before they're done add part of a can of peas but not the pea juice drain the pasta put a put in a quarter stick of butter <laughs> sprinkle some garlic powder on it and down the whole thing and drown the whole thing in romano cheese <laughs> Stir it all up and eat it. Tastes best right out of the pot. DB. Uh-huh. Yeah. As I say in your community, it's so wrong, it's not even right. And also, that may not be enough butter. If you're if you're going to do that much pasta. They don't say how much of, how much of anything of, in here. I feel like a lot of the people, especially the younger readers and listeners, are getting a little hung up on the idea that canned peas even exist. Yeah, so this this is so far off, though, that maybe you think, okay, I'm not going to get angry about this because they're clearly just doing some weird thing, right? Here's where we get into the real use the force Harry Gandalf thing in the in the one paragraph how to cook pasta instructions, because because it's no because we're not talking about peas (laughs) now and like garlic powder and just random stuff. This is not sure which conventional wisdom is the best. Just include all of them. Right. No, but this but this is all right. Here we go. How to cook pasta. Salted water boils faster. Uh, not really for the so. purposes of but anyway, <laughs> science is complicated. We'll set that aside for now. Um, so put a teaspoonful of salt in a gallon or so of water. I'm not sure if the proportions are right. Um, at this point, you can add That's a little scary. olive oil to the water if you want. It seems uh-huh. to prevent the pasta from sticking together. Does it seem that way? Um, break the spaghetti in half and let no. it fall gradually out of your hand into the water. Now here, they have a separate sentence after they tell you to break the spaghetti, which you should of course never do. They have a, they have another sentence on this. Yeah. It's so important that you that you do this like they're very important they're very obsessed with the technique. Here's the next sentence. Try to allow the sticks to fall horizontally and not in a big lopsided pile. The sticks gradually gradually, John. 
the you sticks, need the sticks, the of, sticks of your broken pasta to <laughs> fall horizontally and uh-huh. not in a big lopsided, big lopsided pile. pile. Correct. Yes. Give the That's water true. a stir and let it boil uncover until it's cooked. Thank you, cooking instructions. Until it's cooked. You'll know. You'll know when it's cooked. It'll be spaghetti. When's that, it says. When it sticks to the wall, it's done. It's true. At this which is, time this is you when pour I started the pasta doing into this. a colander, rinse it very briefly with cold water to stop the cooking process and return yeah. it to the pot. Use the force, Harry. Gandalf. <laughs> Michael Scott. Uh, I think I, the, the, the most hilarious part of this, uh, you, you, of course, being you, are hypercritical of these small things. When I think about, like, I, I still remember the first time I made mac and cheese when I was in college, like craft dinner mac and cheese, and it said to use four quarts of water, which seemed like an asinine amount of water and weight. Like, you know, in the lounge with the crappy range top that was really disgusting. You know, you're really trying to minimize the amount of time you're in the lounge where the kitchen is, because the lounge as in like in our in our uh, dorms. The actual lounge, not the pretend not, not flat the British, lounge, not the yeah. British flat. Right. No. But four quarts always used to seem like an asinine. Now check me on this. I believe is eight quarts is a gallon, correct? I don't know. I always ask my uh, cylinders for that type of thing. I'm pretty sure, but what I'm here to tell you, John, as somebody who's become a real convert to your your method, um, where you, I think your phrase on your blog is uh, to make it like salt water. No, you don't have to taste it, but when you think it's like salt water, you're probably, you need more salt than you no, think. You mean, you mean ocean water, not salt water. Oh, what's the difference? Oh, I know what you're saying, like salt water isn't like salt water tap. Yeah, but anyway. Oh, sorry. Ocean. Yeah, yeah, I meant, yeah, sorry. Ocean water. Yeah, yeah, seawater. Um, oh, ocean water is actually not the proportion you want. I put a footnote on my thing because it's, okay, it's a, sorry. It's, I mean, it's a no. trick because it's like you want it to taste like what you think ocean water tastes like, and you'll probably be right, but not the actual proportion of salt in salt water, you know? No, no, you know, I, I think it's, but anyway, I, I, I've come around to that. I've come around to believing that, you know, what I'm trying to do is minimize the salt I add to things when I'm eating it, but salt when you're cooking is a really good idea. And you can see this with uh, Kenji Lopez-Alt's wonderful videos. Like, what he calls a pinch is not what my mom would call a pinch. And in this case, I'm just here to tell you, four, ga- four quarts of water is so much more water than you think. Now, once you think about a gallon, well, how do you know what a gallon is? A gallon is that thing your milk used to come in, Eileen, and that giant jug with the handle is a gallon. And you're going to put in one, one teaspoon of salt, one third of a <laughs> tablespoon of salt in a gallon of boiling no, water. Are you kidding me? How much oil do you put in, John? Well, so here's the, here's the thing. Speaking of craft dinner, because I just made that for one of my kids recently because she's back on that kick. Um, and I actually looked at the box instructions on like craft macaroni and cheese. They don't tell you to salt the water, I don't think. Like, I was no, just they curious. Do, they, they do not. They, at least they didn't at the time I was reading them. But and, no, and the, on, the four, honestly, the four for, quarts, I think, is still real. For, for that particular meal, given how much salt there is in that giant powder packet, it's probably fine because it's not yeah. like you're going to be lacking salt in this meal. But it's interesting they don't <laughs> tell you that. Um, and uh, as we all, as I hope we all know, the cooking time on Kraft uh, Macaroni and Cheese for the pasta is ridiculous. Like, just ignore it. It tells you to cook it until it's like, uh, you know. It's, it becomes almost like if you, if you like glue. Yeah, if you want to eat it without using any teeth, then cook it for the amount of time they tell you. Whatever the opposite of al dente is, I'm guessing al tonguey or something. Super oh, yeah, no. <laughs> they, they make you do it for like eight minutes or something. And like after like four or five minutes, it's done. I just, I'm really glad that I found this. Now, now, now this is not my recipe. As always, this is, you this know, is DB's recipe. This is DB's recipe. DB, um, DB but, likes peas, but not the pea juice. <laughs> DB likes his peas. But well, not I the do pea frozen juice. peas. I do frozen is, peas. 
Let's like see. Can, do you remember canned peas? I haven't had canned peas in forever. Oh, like, wait a minute. Do you know who DB is? DB is uh, the author of the goddamn book. That's yeah. Dennis Boyles. Mm. Yeah, no. Yes, he, he does. Yes, he does, Dennis Boyles. Now, so here's the thing. Like, with the exception of them telling you to put salt in the water, everything about their how to cook pasta is wrong, obviously. And that's why it's the well, Forest Harry I mean, thing. And not the way and, you do it. But, and, you know. and, and, and everything about their bachelor pasta is wrong. But see, the thing is, the late night bachelor pasta, it's so wrong. No one is looking at that and thinking, oh, you almost made an Italian meal but screwed it up. No one's thinking that. So they're thinking, yeah, I mean, you it's just, not you just like a up. slightly incorrect recipe for a souffle. This is going to be a drunk guy making pasta. Yeah, it's like what you have in the house and this is what you want to do. And yeah, you're probably drunk and whatever. Fine. There you go. That's, a, you know, and it's it's name late night bachelor pasta kind of says it all. But for the rest of these recipes here, I'm going to perhaps surprise you. A lot of these other recipes come really close to being the correct recipe for a decent meal. Right. That's like they don't mess anything up. They get most of the ingredients right. They don't okay. help you know how to. They don't help you know how to make it. Can I a point lot of out that the only one you don't like is the one by the author Dennis Boyles. The other ones are from other people. Well, he put I don't his like, first. I don't like the second one either. And the th- but the so the second one is an attempt to do an Alfredo thing, and they just have you take like butter, cream, <laughs> and cheese, and that's what put, it is. Basically, put it on. I know, but like. It's, that's not a recipe. That's a description of, of like, that's a description of a recipe. <laughs> Stir and serve four. Yeah. You like if, four if, people. If you try to, if you try to read that paragraph and then do what it says, who knows what you'll end up with. But here's number three. Number three, they're trying to do a carbonara. They call it carbonara, carbonara all Americana. Sure. Why not? Uh, and they just use bacon instead of, uh, you know, guanciale or pancetta or whatever. But if you try to follow the instructions for number three and you buy good ingredients and you don't screw up the technique, You'll have an okay meal. I was excited. Yeah. I read this one. I was like, holy, because I, I was fully expecting them to have peas and cream yeah. and, you know, bologna or like, I don't know, like whatever. Uh, uh-huh. But they didn't. Uh, and what then a dillo, no, they call it. <laughs> yeah. And then their no boil lasagna is just. I oh, mean, that title's not good. I mean, the, the, these things, they're not helping you with anything in these books. They're like, oh, for well, your lasagna, make sure you have spaghetti sauce. What do they mean? Where does the spaghetti sauce come from? The same place as the bucket. It's like, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> the same place as the bucket title. Wait, All right, wait. fine, fine, fine. We need to move on. So I'm going to go straight to page 171, John. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> which is called Choosing a Computer. <laughs> <laughs> so it has a little preamble before it gets into the specifics. And the specifics are all really good. Generally, it says it opens with, uh, boy, this writing style is... Actually, the first question you need to answer is, what do you want with a computer? Be honest now. If you want a computer to play games, that's Okay. Want to preserve precise paranormal permutations of otherwise perfectly prosaic phenomena? And the person says here, that's Jake too. Don't say that. Stop trying to make Jake happen. But don't try to hoodwink. God, what are you, 70? Don't try to hoodwink your bank manager into thinking you need a computer to balance your checkbook. Now, okay, admittedly, that's a little bit fun and light. They want to like, you know, that get was you the interested. thing though, in 1987. What do you need a computer for in 1987? Name the two things. Yeah. Balancing your checkbook. And what's the second thing? Oh, um, oh, fi- finance. F- wait, no, not finances. That's checkbook. Uh, 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 spreadsheets? Keeping your recipes. Oh, there your was recipes. one for the man to sell the computer to the man. You're going to balance your checkbook right. and one to sell it to the little lady of the house. You keep your recipes on it. In, in the 80s, to <laughs> sell personal computers to people, they told you you could balance your checkbook and keep recipes on it. Yep, 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 yep. And now, like, I have, it's been so long since I've had an actual copy of Quicken or FreshBooks. And, like, I I do not miss it. 
oh boy, that was not fun. I think I feel like even in the '90s, you had to do weird stuff to get quick into work. Ugh. No, yeah. All right, quick was always. Weird. Let's get down to the tech. <clears throat> Let's get to the techs and specs because I know this is the part you're looking forward to. Um, subhead for this: Psycho kilobytes. The internal memory of a computer is only important if the software is memory based. If the software, <laughs> if the software, as a, as a, is, if the software is disk based, storage is more important than memory. Show me the lie. I, I'll I'll show you the lie when you show me the the what sense that disk based as if yeah disk based storage. It's like saying, well, if if the text you're reading is word based as opposed to paper based. <laughs> if it's if it's paper based, the text can stay on the paper. But if it's word based, the words have to go into your brain so you can understand them. Okay, that's true. So you might that's need fair. a brain, unless it's paper based, in which case you don't. It's just you just need the paper. Okay, that's about it. It makes as much sense as we just read. If your system has a communications device called a modem, you will wow, be fancy. able to subscribe to one of the national information services such as CompuServe or the Source. You can research obscure topics, flash stock quotations book mm-hmm. airplane seats, and exchange electronic mail. But if you really want to show off, make sure you acquaint yourself with the instructions in private or you'll look like a bozo. Book airplane seats in 1987. Ambitious. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically true, but no one who's buying, uh, you know, a TRS-80 is, and bringing it home is booking themselves an airplane seat with that computer. You're probably right. Let me read you this last one. <clears throat> under This is where it really gets serious and it has a... A more functional component. This is called small business computer. So no, the jokes have left the room. Don't make the mistake of buying more computer than you need. <laughs> yeah, for right. most small, for most small businesses, a reasonable database program, along with a spreadsheet and an accounting package, will suffice. If you spend more than six thousand dollars, including the price of the printer, you'll have spent too much. That's that's a good. That, I think it's for 1987, that's probably right. Don't spend more than $6,000 so. in 1987. I, like, uh, I mean, I know this is, this is a, a random thing to compare this to, but I think it's so brilliant that I imagine De Beers or whoever the, 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 the jewelry people are came up with that catchphrase or catch thought, that, that mimetic idea that you should spend two months of your salary on an engagement ring. I'm not saying that's right, wrong, or otherwise, but mm-hmm. that's exactly the kind of guesstimate that I find attractive. I mean, I think tithing, which as far as I know, it means literally 10% of your income. I think tithing is a brilliant uh, concept. I can't, not a value, not only from a value, but from a stickiness standpoint. <laughs> from a scam Take 10%. standpoint. Yeah. Wow. Okay, sure. Yeah, but like if they want you to tithe the science, you do that, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we call that taxes. You, you ever heard of a faith-based initiative? You ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah. Faith-based. You know, you know what $6,000 in 1987 is in today's money? No. Fourteen grand. I was going to say eighteen. That's that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's so a lot. If they're giving you a limit, they're saying if you spent more than fourteen grand on your computer, you spent too much. I would agree. Well, I mean, and these are not effective examples of what made me like this book because even in nineteen eighty seven, even or especially in nineteen eighty seven, I would have read that and gone like, "You're obviously not thinking of a Mac." So, what computer could you possibly be talking about? I mean, but if you do, if you are buying yourself a Mac and you and you plan to do what they described, you did spend too much. Yeah, totally. Because they, a, they don't a even. Toy. Well, so the problem in 1987 is any computer you buy is going to not be worth the plastic it's made of in about three years. Well, he says that here. I skipped over that part. He says here, uh, <clears throat> uh, the the uh, by the time this book is in print, this is in called "Stick This in Your Resident Memory" section. By the time this book is in print, the computers available will have changed, 
rendering any recommendations obsolete. The best place to keep up with new products is at your local computer store. A good computer shop staffed by intelligent people is an important resource. Use it. That's not terrible advice. <laughs> Use it before they disappear and you have to buy everything online. I know you probably want to move on. Do you have, is there any topic you can think of that you would like advice from 1987 about? Maybe affairs of the heart? Hmm? What does the job sex section say? Oh, yeah. Let me look at job sex. It's probably going to be sex, comma, job. Let's see. I'm looking up. I feel dirty looking up sex. Oh, they have a section on page 46 called sex in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Okay. So going to here. Is it sex in the workplace or sex and the workplace? Well, it's, there's a section. Oh, boy. Oh, this is all the tips and tricks. Also, five things to do every day to help you get organized. This Mm -hmm. is a section called caution, colon, women at work. (laughs) Harassment. Sexual harassment is the manifest power of sleaze. Men and women who use a position of professional superiority to intimidate a worker deserve all the hard knocks they will inevitably get. And then there's tips on what to do if somebody sexually harasses you, tell a and friend. in the case of men, that, hard, that amount of hard knocks will be none. Oh, John, jokes have really left the room. Don't mess around at work. It's never, ever worth it. One false step and you're looking at misery as a career perk. Never remain alone in a room with any female coworker unless you mm. know her and trust her completely. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's a... Because uh, uh, those ladies here. are always trying to, to trap you. Well, hang on. Because then there's a note here where the, the editor says, oh, sure. Do not assume that your female coworkers have the same sense of humor your male colleagues have. The slightest off-color joke can mean the end of your job. Well, it's from Anonymous. <laughs> oh, come on. Show me you get fired from every job without telling me you got fired from every job. You can't say anything anymore, Marlon. One rape joke. And it's, everyone's like, oh, you don't everybody's find Everybody's so funny? sensitive when your boss is a woman and she starts crying. When your boss is a woman and she starts crying, do not offer her any comfort. It may enrage her and it may spell the end of your career. Mm-hmm. And by comfort, I mean grabbing her butt. I mean, look at butts. <laughs> These people like, so the contributions are like, can we get any contributions from the section from people who weren't fired from their job for being a creep? <laughs> hey, listen, here's the thing. You probably heard of people taking a dump. In somebody's desk drawer, I'm here to tell you, if you do anything that involves part of your swimsuit area dropping anything into anybody's desk part, you're going to hear about it. And it could be a real end to your career, perks. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. I really hope you know who Squarespace is. And if you don't, you're about to get a real treat. Here's the thing, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and to run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, they got you covered. Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online and to make your ideas a reality. Make your ideas a reality. You go to Squarespace. It's where you go for this kind of thing. You understand? Squarespace has everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website, For one thing, you start with a professionally designed template and you use drag and drop tools to make it your own. And you can change the template anytime. I just want to be really clear about that. You can can make it look the way you want and you you can save it and you get a different look so you can try it out. It's a really nice feeling. You can customize the look and feel, the settings, the products that you have on sale and so much more with just a few clicks and maybe a little bit of drag and drop. It's so fun to use. All Squarespace sites are optimized for mobile, so your stuff is going to automatically look great on any device or dingus. You also get free unlimited hosting, woof, 
top-of-the-line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. There's nothing to patch or upgrade ever, ever, ever. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you need any help, and they'll even let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name and do make sure that it is unique. That is something that Squarespace will help you with. Plus, you'll have everything you need for SEO and email marketing to get your ideas out there. So, so what are you going to do with this? You can do whatever you want at Squarespace. You, you turn your big idea into a new website, okay? Showcase your work with their incredible portfolio design. So pretty. Publish your next blog post. Promote your business. Announce an upcoming event. You can, you can do all of this and so much more. I use Squarespace every week because uh, in addition to the place being the place I put all my personal sites, it's also where we host the Roderick on the Line podcast. Perhaps you've heard of it. Uh, you, sh- you should check it out. And so every Monday, uh, you know, uh, I mean, as long as we record and stuff, I'm there. I'm on Squarespace. I'm living it, baby. Squarespace. You got to go check it out. So right now you go to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. It's going to get you a free trial. Okay. No credit card required. And when you're ready to launch your beautiful new site, use that offer code diffs, D-I-F-F-S. And that'll save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And remember, that's going to be a unique domain. They're, they're going to help you with that. Squarespace.com slash diffs. When you're ready to sign up, use that code diffs for 10% off your first purchase. I'll, I'll say it till I'm blue in, my, blue in the face. You know, uh, something will help in my face. That's for sure. Yeah, squarespace.com slash diffs. You know, go there, get it, make it happen. It shows your support for uh, John Syracuse. And he really, really treasures that. D- don't think he, he, he doesn't. He knows. He keeps track. He knows. He knows. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. And we're back. What are we doing now? What time? How, how, how are we doing here on time? We good? Oh, man. Woo. Okay. Take anywhere you want. Why do you like a second item John? here where you're talking about Twitterific? Are you having a, you having a moment with Twitterific? Boy, Twitterific is good. I see why you like it now. I really get it. I always, I've always known. I, I mean, I, I, I've always bought and maintained my buying of Twitterific and Tweetbot because I like the developers and I do like the apps. <clears throat> it's just that there was a time where I don't know for the last few years. I guess, John, when did they first bring the kibosh down on the number of tokens and bloody blahs? And when did they first do the hostile thing of making it more difficult to have a third party client? It was ages ago, many, many years well, like ago. At least five years ago, probably. I have no concept of time, so I couldn't tell you, but it, it was probably way longer than I think. Well, I mean, you know, it's... I, for whatever reason, I started using the regular Twitter client. client. I forget why. I don't even... I've, I've used so many in the past. But anyway, that's what I've been on. And I'm kind of, you know, I've been at the end of my rope with Twitter as a concept for a while. I'm on it so much less than I used to be. I've given myself an informal diet that I'm I'm pretty good at sticking to. And I'm generally just, I'm dicking around on Twitter at night. And when I do dick around on Twitter, I try to either be really myself, really positive, or both. And I don't always succeed, but the, I don't need to tell you this, but the terrible negative cascading BS of Twitter is just too much. And I was thinking like, I'm trying to, like I say, I'm trying to limit the amount of time I look at during the day, but I will look in at my political Twitter list and one of Max's old political Twitter lists. And you can't take people off of other people's lists. And Twitter lists can be really good, but they really need to be moderated and maintained. And there are things out there that I find valuable. There are friendships that I find valuable. 
there are instances where like, no, I don't want to block. I don't really want to mute. I don't, I need the flexibility. And muffles finally really started making sense to me in the past week. And I've gone crazy with it in creative ways. And I just wanted to, I wanted to say you were right. that Twitterific is really good. And I just had not taken the time to really understand how a muffle differs from a mute and what kind of nutty stuff that you can do. And not just to be clever, but I've turned off retweets, John. <laughs> I don't, I don't see, I'll, I'll probably turn it back on in a few days, but just for fun, I turned off retweets. I don't see any retweets. Everybody who annoys me on political Twitter, I've muffled. In some cases, I didn't realize you got that right click to go in and the huge amount of specificity on what you want muffled about this. This is Craig, right? Craig makes this? Not by himself, but yeah, it's Icon Factory. No, I'm sorry, but Craig's uh, Icon Factory makes this, right? Yep. So, like, what was the one today? Oh, God. It, it gave me, I'm so sorry. I really don't want to be unkind. I'm, but I find Nate Twitter. Nate Twitter, <laughs> Nate Silver. <laughs> might have, might have, Nate Twitter Silver, they call him. <laughs> um, I find him to be a bit of a frustrating character sometimes. And so here's, I just screen grab this. I, I right clicked and it says, it says muffle tweet. And it says, do you want to muffle? This is a very simple example. Like, do you want to muffle just Nate Twitter? Do you want mentions by Matt Iglesias? Well, fire that into the sun. <laughs> Um, or, uh, or just things that are via the Twitter web app. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Finally, I can do clients again. And like I said to you, I can say, don't show me anything from paper.li and God bless you all, but don't show me anything that contains Substack. And it's, it's so good. But there was one, like, for example, I didn't, I didn't mute this, but I, I did notice when Jason had tweeted the, um, the thing about the all the Doctor Who folks coming in to talk about uh, Russell T. Davies, and it's actually in my queue. But just for fun, I right-clicked on it, and oh my God, I had like 11 options, John. It was like all of these handles, mute, muffle all of these handles, muffle you know, the hashtags, muffle this client. And the one that, one that I love so much is some people are only in, super annoying when they're uh, retweeting other people. And so you could say just... Uh, muffle, I'm telling you this, you must know this. Muffle retweets of foo by bar. And so that it's, it gets so, John, I love it. It's made me so happy you already. Know you can use uh, regular expressions too. And when you write your own muffles, I used to, I copied a bunch of those into my one or super file for Tweetbot. I have not explored it. I, I went to the sample page where it's like, hey, you don't want to hear things about the Star Wars movie or you don't want to, mm -hmm. those kinds of things. And I, of course, I love that they can expire after a certain amount of time. And one, I have not taken the time to prove this yet, but one thing, my court of first resort in lists I don't like is to mute the person. But if you're not following the person, muting doesn't mute them, nor can you turn off retweets from that person. And I think eventually we're going to all mostly agree that even among the most sane and emotionally healthy amongst us, it's in retweeting that people are their worst. And so there's some people where you're just like, I'm so interested in your, in your kid or your baby or your dragon but like i boy you're like your resistance pussy hat hot takes are just exhausting I, and so it's nice to be able to do that um what was my point here i did um yeah did we retweet uh, right, I did, did you clients. make any regular expression ones or no i haven't or, i haven't okay. I, I have ones like i say that were do, could you well i don't know how to ask this could you if you have a couple that would be uh not necessarily just in terms of the content that you're muffling but if you have ones i think the star wars one does that 
The Star Wars one has pipes. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Like that's the, that, I mean, I the main reason I use Twitterific is just to get a chronological timeline that works in a sane manner um, and doesn't have any ads in it. Um, but yeah, all the other features, uh, I tend not to delve into uh, to the extent that you're doing, except when I have a specific need, like when I wanted to yeah. not be spoiled on the Star Wars movies. Blackout. Yeah, I yeah, made yeah. my own set of custom muffles with I would you know with my own words, phrases, regular expressions, mm-hmm. uh, and so that I wouldn't be spoiled. Um, yeah. And if yeah, people yeah. don't know, when you muffle, it's not the same as muting. You can make it so that you see a collapsed version of the tweet. Yeah. If it's a person you've muted, it'll say Nate Twitter. It'll just this light kind of um, CCC or, or muffled, letters. Somebody you muffled yet. And, and you can tap on it to expand it if you think you have a misfire, which is kind of how you tune your muffles. Because sometimes you'd see something from like, you know, I don't know, the president of the United States. And you're like, they're probably not spoiling Star Wars. So how did this one get muffled? So you could tap on it to expand yeah. it. And find out how your muffle might have misfired if you... You probably are, have the wrong things in parentheses. Yeah, too, too broad with your regular expression or it's messed yeah, up in yeah. some way or whatever. And then there's also all the muting and all the other stuff that you can uh, you just described. But yeah, uh, I always would build up my big, long list of muffles. And it protected me, a pretty good success rate, protected me from a lot of spoilers. Um, and it let me continue to... It let me not have to unfollow like friends who I knew were going to talk about it or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, but, but yeah, but most of the time I just like it because it's a nice Twitter client that doesn't have any BS in it and shows me the tweets in order. Um, I had a small idea that's not going to turn into a bigger idea. I would like to capture this as a topic, maybe for an after show. And I, I know you don't like things like this. I'm really not trying to soak you for information. I gave that up with TVs two years ago. But you know what would be fun to me is like, uh, treat me like an idiot, because I am, and uh, show me some of the things I maybe didn't know I needed to know about becoming a, you know, middling level Twitterific user. Would you talk about that sometime? I think you already know more than I do about it because you're using more of the features than I am. All those things you described, yes, I know that they're in there, but I don't actually use them. And it sounds like they're exactly what you want for. And so I'm glad that you found. (laughs) Yes. Well, there's still, I still, um, I love the way it syncs across all devices, but I think sometimes it syncs too well. We're like on this device, it seems to be remembering I want normal here and small on there, but it's all easy to, I'm still getting my legs under me. What the fortunate thing about this is it's causing me to think about Twitter differently. Anytime you use, not anytime, but when you use a, a better or different tool for something, it can't help but teach you something about how you've been working, right? So like, and that could mean literally tools. Like it could show you, oh my God, like I'm so glad I finally bought decent drill bits. Because like the sorrow I visited upon myself with a low torque crappy drill with dull bits is just no way to live. Even if I only use this five times a year, it's totally worth it. In this instance, when I see uh, rows and rows and rows and rows of muffle, 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 I go, I I can't help but say to myself, huh, like three quarters of my screen is this muffled person. Is that really a person I'd like to be following if it's not bringing me joy? That kind of thing. Um, But if you ever wanted to talk about that, I'd love to talk about that. And I'm not saying you have to give us a crash course on regular expressions, but if you have, and again, not, not specific to a certain content, but maybe something like your Star Wars filter, just to show what you can do with it and what you could do to tweak that for certain kinds of things. I think that'd be fun. And I like the little double colon thing. So it gets a title. I like that. Yeah. Um, Good, good, uh, good app. Yeah, I, I, and I think I use Twitter differently than a lot of people. So a lot of my habits don't translate to other people, but I'm glad that you are, uh, like you said, you know, having a different tool lets you, lets you to get a different perspective on how you were using Twitter and, uh, yeah, seeing, I have experienced the same thing. Not, not so much the muffles in a row, but occasionally if I find myself like if I set up some filters or, 
something and I do see like all of my muffles are from this one person, even if they're not packed together, but I just start to notice that like that trend. Yeah. It's either that person is on a tear talking about something that I just temporarily don't want to know about or mm. that person. I, I You learn that that person frequently posts things that you don't want to see. And that is a good signal to perhaps unfollow. Them. But that's, I'm, exa- I'm, that's, a, that's an even much better example of what I was trying to say, which is that it's also it's not just what tool you're using, but what kind of visibility that tool mm-hmm. in er, what's the word I'm looking for that you can't help but notice a different way of looking at this because of the way you're using that tool. Um, but it's, um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. And like, you know, there's lots of stuff like this and I just did, um, I'll put this in show notes, but on back to work Tuesday, we talked, uh, I talked about at length about a handful of Safari extensions that I like, uh, including stuff, old ones that do old stuff and new ones that do new stuff. I guess that's today's episode, but, um, but you know, stuff like super agent and things like that are very intriguing to me. We're like, there's a thing that I have known. It isn't one of those like, oh, I'm just casting about for a new life hacker solution. It's more like I never want to click another cookie acceptance thing again. I want it to just always know, say no to everything. I'm not sure it's working flawlessly, but that conceptually is the kind of stuff that makes my life so much better. And then you, it's like with Quicksilver or, you, or like with, um, God, what was that thing on Firefox where you could style sites? Um, but like you Grease immediately- Grease Monkey, you immediately notice- that it's not installed on this computer. Like if you if you hit command space and it brings up spotlight, you're like, oh God, give me a break. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, me, just I'm not making fun of people, but like that is so in my bones or like option, option. I'm really big on instant send and launch bar. So I'll be on anywhere out in the world. I'll select something in Safari or whatever, hit option, option. And that sends it directly to launch bar and without meta key or whatever, or clicking, you just start typing what you want. So I can send an ASIN, not an ASIN, I can send a tracking number to launch bar and then just type DEL and hit enter and it adds it to deliveries. Like stuff like that. It's like, you know, you just realize there's a whole new way to like enjoy and appreciate your world, not to be efficient or effective, but to just really feel like you got your hands on your tools and understand, you know, what you can do with this to make it the way that pleases you. Yeah, before we leave here, I'll give one quick tip okay. on on muting for avoiding spoilers. I mean, this is probably obvious to anyone who has thought about it, but I find this is probably the the most important rule for successfully uh, avoiding spoilers when you're trying to make muffles or other filters. Um, really, really think about how many different ways people refer to characters. <laughs> because if you think you have Han Solo... Mm. Uh, or, you know, R2-D2, and you put them in your mute, it's like, now nah, I'm safe. You know how many ways people write those names of those characters? Shorter versions, longer versions, misspellings, different spaces, uh, R2-D2 spelled out with the numbers, with capitals, with lowercase, C-3PO spelled S-E-E-T-H-R-E-P-I-O. Yeah, it's a, look versus... no further than trending topics to see where a misspelling has become the way everybody, because they're just hitting auto, enter right. for it. It's viral. It becomes viral. And, and you know, if we, and I'm not talking about hashtags. I'm talking about people writing sentences. Where how many? You know how many different ways people try to spell C3PO with zeros, with capital V's, with lowercase b's, Dashes, with O's, yeah. but spelled out the long way. Like Han, H, just Han by itself. Solo, solo with one of the O's missing. Solo with one of the O's is zero. Like really, just or or as guy calls him Han. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the movies are inconsistent. It's very <laughs> frustrating. Um, just like Leah and Leia. Anyway. Um, 
that will get you a lot of mileage. Uh, and if you don't do that, that's where things are going to slip through. You're like, oh, I had it's seven pages of filters. And then one person used a cute nickname for a character that I'd never heard before, and it snuck through. It does help if you're if you're muting a franchise and you're familiar with all the different nicknames or sure. whatever. But but yeah, that's if you don't I'll put it down the way. If you don't do that, if you don't have 17 different spellings, and by the way, you don't need 17 different filters for 17 different spellings, it's the magic of regular expressions. You can pipes, do baby, one pipes. or two. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, or yeah, you can do one or two things, use character classes, pipes, learn all about regular expressions or whatever. Or, you know, if you don't know about any of the crap, do it the long way and just do each one in a separate filter. That'll work too, right? Mm-hmm. But they also don't, I don't think they, co- I mean, you know so much more about this than I do, but when you're talking about text processing at that level, it's not costing you that much. Yeah, no, you won't notice it. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. We have really fast phones. It'll be fine. <laughs> my, my last thing on this, I still, I need to see if, if this is right, because if it's right, this is magic. I could probably just Google this, but I immediately, of, of course, started playing with muffles. Not because I hate people. It's just that, you know, sometimes, sometimes I just need a break. You know, the classic example from back in when Twitter was good is South by Southwest, where it'd be like, oh my gosh, that's South by Southwest is where Twitter first got big, I think, if memory serves. And that, but it also then became the place where everybody on Twitter went. And they just were, it was in the early days of people just talking, just saying things out loud on Twitter all day long with no sense of like proscenium or presentation and just like, you know, had a good run, great Thai food. I can't prove that this is happening, but I, my gut is telling me something. Like I said a minute ago, or 10 minutes ago, muting does not have any effect that I'm aware of on lists. It only has an effect on things in your timeline, your main timeline. John, I swear to God, I know muffles are working, and they're working great, So, but I think mutes might be working too. Is it conceivable that a mute somewhere is getting picked up at the app layer not at the service I, I, I level i was gonna say my i don't use lists so i can say for sure but my experience with mutes and twitterific is that they apply everywhere i think so, they do john if and if that's true oh my god this is just like getting a cake on your cake oh my god that's so cool and again it's not because i hate people it's just that there are certain situational things where it's just like of course there's the, the social thing of like of course i have to follow that person and they're just not good at this in my opinion and but i don't know i just wanted to say you know hey thank you this is a happy episode and uh you know it's the modern man's guide to twitterific i i appreciate your uh, counsel on this the modern man yes of course the modern man mm-hmm. anything else you want to look up while we're here is there anything else you want to look up yeah speaking of 1987 um maybe this maybe you can look this up in the book or maybe you can just look it up in your life again uh, see previous references to your memory versus other techniques to extract information about past mm-hmm. experiences. Um, what cults have you been in? <sighs> Is there a cult section in the Modern Man's Guide to Life in the Seas? Oh, I don't know. I wonder if there's anything about religion. I, uh, as with so many of these things, and I'm not doing this to push back, for me to be able to answer this, you, you know, there's been several episodes of this show that turned out really good because mainly we just argue about the rules for whatever the, the challenge was. Mm-hmm. Let's see, let's look for, I don't think there's going to be anything about cults, but there might be curry. <clears throat> okay. Um, I want to start with what I think a cult is. I think I've been possibly kind of sort of into cult-ish things, and I'm open to more. So I'm going to start by saying maybe two. John, how many cults have you been in? Uh, unless you count the Catholic Church, I'm going to say zero. I'm going to say I do count it, but I would understand if you don't want to count it. No, I, I feel like the Catholic Church is too big to be a cult. 
I meant to. I meant to before the show look up like the the you know definition of a cult and like what they well, say. Well, that's what I've define. done here. Is I okay. I did not look it up, but but in order so like when you say a cult, well, what's the ultimate? Okay, John, just give me just you just hit the softball for me. Of all the things that you and I know of and and have in common and are interested in, what is the one in the last maybe twenty years or thirty years that's most often been called a cult? Right. I mean, I've got the book right next to me, The Cult of Mac. The cult, yeah. The people who are in, yeah, and what do they mean yeah. by that? I think when they say that, they mean not just that the people who like Apple stuff are super fans, but that they are irrationally exuberant about Apple products. I think it may mean, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be clever or cute here, but like what that's the thing that most people would call a cult. But it doesn't, it only kind of barely matches any of the criteria for what I consider a cult. Yeah, no, it doesn't because it, like it, that's it, it's the cute, problem, the but problem, it's not the accurate. problem with Apple is that Apple doesn't run its business like a cult. So even though they have a quote unquote cult following, which just means they have loyal customers, Apple doesn't do any of the things that a cult would do that defines it as a cult. They to do sort of some of the of things, but not in a cult. Not, like, I mean, not nearly. If you put an actual cult leader in charge of Apple, things would change real fast. Hmm. Like if you put, you know, put an Amway person in charge of Apple, things would change real fast. Just, you know, yeah. like there's, Here, here's, there's... here's my, so in order for me to be able to answer the question, I do think this is interesting and good for you for not being in a cult. You don't really have the personality for it. These are the things off the dome and this is not a formal definition, but in order for me to interrogate things I've been involved with and think about whether it's a cult, I had to say to myself, okay, well, what are the, like, you can't take these off the table concepts of a cult. And I mean, I guess you have to say the obvious, which is that there's uh, there's usually a charismatic leader, but not always. Um, I think there's usually a formal, a formal if not public policy of cutting you off from other people, especially cutting you off from other people in your the, your your life before you were in the group. There's things like controlling your body, controlling your diet, your sleep, your information. Right? I think that's a big one. Is controlling what people have access to. I think you're often expected to recruit new people into the cult. So maybe evangelism in some ways. There's a lot of peer pressure to maintain uh, the rules and the order, a lot of Stasi-like kind of stuff. And this is not doesn't sound nice, but I think it's really important. And number five for me is leave your brain and your background at the door. So if you're going to be in our group, there are, there are guardrails that we will probably will formally remind you of, but we kind of don't really need to remind you. Like these doors aren't locked, but you know, you're not allowed to leave and you better not try to leave that kind of thing. Or like, you know, if you're horsing around and uh, skylarking, as we used to say after hours, you know, maybe, uh, maybe pinching your boss's butt. Um, those are the ones I've got. So the cutting off from others, I think there's that, that way of like a cult to me is like, one of the primary things is that that whatever the cult is for or about, a common thing among a lot of cults is that you need to be sort of reborn in the image of that group and that you need to, above all of the things in your life, usually uh, agree that, that this is the most important thing in your life and you will defend it. You will give of yourself. And I got to say, the one where I feel like I get tripped up a lot is the cut off from other people part, which seems really important. If you've watched the number of cult things that I've watched, uh, Scientology stuff, more Scientology stuff, the Wild uh, wild Country, um, uh, there's a really good series on Heaven's Gate that's on HBO now. 
uh, HBO Max now. The, the Waco stuff. Waco, sure. But so before I answer, like, give me your take on that. Charismatic leader, cut off, control. I, I, I think I, I agree with all that. I think uh, uh, the uh, to generalize a lot of the things you listed, it's kind of like a reframing of your life, which is why you need to be cut off, because if you can't really reframe people's reality if they're constantly in contact with people who are not in this weird frame. Mm-hmm. Saying uh, like, and especially you, if they, not to put too fine a point on it, but if they have the ability and the control to decide when they need more information or consolation from familiar faces, right? That like you, but it's, it's part of it is the the getting of that, but it's also they want you to no longer have the agency to decide whether when or whether you need. That. Yeah, and and they, you know, the the, the part of the in, there, there's an indoctrination procedure, and a lot of that indoctrination is the reframing of things. And they do it gradually, like in, when you when mm-hmm. you arrive, you are in whatever your current uh, conception of normal life is, right? And if they want to reframe and change that, they can't just say day one, you know, uh, submit to sex from dear leader, right? They got to build up to that over a series of very small steps. And at any point, if you have regular contact with someone who's not in that frame, they would say, wait, what? What have you been doing? That seems kind of like... Yeah, it's, you where know, it's going like, to seem at least suspicious, if not downright concerning. Right, because, because that person hasn't been privy to steps one through 18, and you're on step 19, and you describe right. it, and like, whoa, 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 do you realize what's going on? And they give you, and they try to pull you back to whatever whatever the outside world frame is, right? So it's it's a, creating an environment where they can essentially shift your reality to whatever they want it to be. And, and I feel like the only part that's missing from your definition, now that I've tried to generalize the, a lot of the other things, is I feel like part of what defines a cult is the presence of uh, people at the top of the pyramid who are essentially knowingly and cravenly executing mm-hmm. the, the plan yeah. of cult because they benefit from it or because it feeds some need or or you know issue that they have and that they are not subject to the cult. The cult serves whatever it is that they want. And that may be a cabal, it may be a single charismatic leader or whatever, but it's not just that they're a charismatic leader, it's that they they are running this machine for their own benefit at the cost of everyone else who's in it. And they are, they mm-hmm. are, they, their conception of the cult is very different from everyone else's. Right. And if you, you would never bring that up with them because that's like anathema. Oh yeah. No, that's address. not, because that's not in, in the frame of the people who are in the cult, right, but it's there. Right, and sometimes right, right. they're doing like, Oh, well, they don't, they're not knowingly doing this just like a natural, but, but in the end, like, you know, again, uh, the number of cults that, that end up uh, where a really super important part of the cult is that the leader has sex with lots of young women. Like that's not a coincidence. Yeah. Did you watch right? Nexium? Did you watch the Nexium one? Uh, yes. I mean, like that—that that is, you know, even the silverware people. My silverware was made for people when the sex. I was like, oh, what a strange uh, coincidence. Talking about Cutco? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, the oh. Oneida, right? The, oh, right, Oneida. I remember hearing that on um, uh, Avery Truffleman's show. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, the sex oh, we'll find that for notes. Uh, Avery Truffleman did an episode on the Oneida uh, religious. Yeah, but 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 that, but that's how you can tell that there is someone who is yeah. knowingly who is who is behind the curtain who understands what you know who who isn't like doesn't believe in all the things they're making everyone else believe in because the cults are just made to serve them. It's like it, you can tell because the end goal of so many of these cults is unlimited sex with young women, right? And so it's yeah, a bunch money of, and money, yeah, yeah, and money, obviously, right? But mm-hmm. sure, but yeah, and and that's what I feel like separates something for like the you know the Catholic Church from being a cult because there's just too many people. And I mean, I suppose they have a, a sort of massively distributed sex with young boys thing going on. But yeah, if not, I mean, if, but like if you start so calling that, I mean, it's cute and fun to call something like that a cult. But like I and I'm not even saying I'm not here to be like the the defender of the word cult. But 
it's you're going to miss a lot of subtlety if you just decided that the Catholic Church is it's much darker than a cult. Yeah, it's, it's way bigger. It's, it's, it's more like organized it's crime. It's worse. way more like organized crime. <laughs> a yeah. cult is quaint compared to what the, you know, the, the church hath wrought. But, I have to uh, quote um, the great Creed Bratton. I've been involved in a number of cults, both as a leader and a follower. You have more fun as a follower, but you make more money as a leader. Yep. No, for sure. Other things that were like this Nexium. Uh, yeah, I just watched the Heaven's Gate one. So I only came up with maybe two, and neither one really suits the criteria, but they're close enough for government work. I, the thing is, I'm not putting church on here because I, my experience with our church was so freaking good. I know not everybody's experience with their church was good, but I, I'm open to the idea. I mean, there was some malfeasance going on, but there was nothing approaching what I would call a cult. Uh, in some ways, very much the the opposite of a cult. Yeah, the the, lar- the larger organization in any church uh, mostly prevents cult, like it it counteracts cults from happening because the larger org wants to control in the way that a giant multi. I'm talking. Hydra, I'm just talking about you know. like the 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 mean or median attendant of this church was just uniformly a really decent person. The ones that I knew anyway, and we were very involved. Uh, we're great. No, and we're no really, priest never sexual, uh, sexually assaulted me. I never unbuckled a, a dead man, so not exactly <laughs> sweating it. But anyway, I, I know we're going to very much have to just agree to disagree. I, what, I, what I need the listener to know is that the whole way I got into this, the, the church, the non-denominational Protestant church, which is like, God, really just maybe two doors down from, you know, universalist. Like, it's a very squishy Midwestern church, but very loving. And it was when my dad was dying— and my mom wanted to spend more time with him at the hospital. And so some friends of ours said, oh, you should come to Vacation Bible School. I had so much fun at Vacation Bible School. And then my mom saw how happy I was and these nice people. And like, I mean, you can make a fun joke and go, it's real, it's coercive. You made it an ashtray for Jesus. But no, I really wanted to go. It was fun. And the people were nice and they became some of my best friends. So no, I did not feel, there was. I never felt a sense of like, boy, if you don't come to church, you're going to hear about it. I mean, mainly people would just check on you to make sure you're okay. So I don't for a second mind if somebody else wants to call their church a cult. I don't think mine was a cult. I mean, it's it, the, the aspects that it has a, of a cult, uh, the only, it, like, in, in the end, despite, you know, all the community aspects or whatever, there is, there are actors in that sort of tree that you just described who are motivated by trying to get more people to come to the church so they can put things in the offering basket so the church can stay in business, right? That's, that is a, that is, that is a, 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 a slightly true but extremely cynical way to put that. Right, well, but, but, I, but I didn't finish. Right? So here's the thing. So the church can stay in business so that more people in the community can be helped because the church is the only thing helping them. You know what I mean? Like the, the, well, it's so it's not, the, Walt, the Walt Disney thing, which true or not, we make movies. We don't make movies to make money. We make money so we can make more movies. Right. And the church, at its best, the church is making money so that they continue to be a church, so that the church continue to help people. And part of that is there is a recruitment thing. And the recruitment is like, oh, if we be nice to people and build a community, people want to belong to us. How terrible, right? But right, like depending on your specific church and how many sexual abusers are lurking in there and how much they're oh covered for by the, the home office, like that can go very wrong very easily, but it can also go right and... You know, my my position is that in the end, having the church be the only thing that can do this is probably not a great way to build society, but it's also probably better than nothing. Yes. And the sound you hear is dozens of flying monkeys applauding along. I'm going to say military school, kind of, because, and maybe this is where I get a little cynical. Um, I mean, in I just think about Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, like what we need to do to you to make you 
survive in war, let alone become a killer in war. And I don't mean to constantly just be returning to the great Stanley Kubrick, but I, I've told you before that, that the, the Full Metal Jacket has had levels for me over the years where like my feeling about uh, Hartman now is pretty different than the way I felt about Hartman the first time I saw it. I thought Hartman was the unalloyed, like absolute villain of the, of the movie. And now today I think, well, he's not a very nice guy, but it's, that's not his job. If he succeeds, he might help you stay alive. And that's not a thing you can help a Marine to do by letting them keep donuts in their unlocked footlocker. So, I mean, again, I don't want to sound too cynical about it, but I think, I mean, you think about what is, what is the army? What is, what are any of the armed forces? Like you really do have to come in and I guess be a little bit like a Rottweiler. You have to be smart enough to know when to say no, but every Rottweiler knows that time to say no is almost never. That there must be something fairly extraordinary for you not to follow a direct order. Maybe that's just Marines or Rangers or whatever, but you have to have situational awareness and the ability to adapt to various situations. But by and large, you just need to do, when somebody tells you to do it, you do it. That's, it has to be that way if you're going to have armed forces. And I mean, almost every part, and I'm not saying the army's a cult, but by my criteria, there's a fair amount of stuff that's pretty close, especially during boot camp. What do you think? I don't think the army's a cult, but I think your military school might have been because the military school is distant enough from quote unquote real armed forces and it's a bunch of kids or whatever. A lot of camps definitely veer into the cult oh, territory. Sure. But the but the thing is they, they they stay away from it mostly because there isn't actually someone there trying to reframe your reality for their own personal gratification and or monetary gain. Well, if you want to find child molesters, I would start scratching at military. Right. But, but in, but in general, like Catholic church has nothing on them. The difference between a camp or a church, well, setting aside church, the difference between a camp with a couple of child molester people versus a Uh cult built around the idea of letting dear leader molest as many people as possible in this giant pyramid with tons of people (laughs) supporting it. I thought about this. My goodness. There is a big, there's a big distance there. Like, because one mm-hmm. in one scenario, the the uh, abuser is hiding in an organization. In another scenario, the entire organization is built to serve the abuser. Yes. It is an abuse organization from head to toe, and the whole effort is get people in so that we can slowly reframe their reality so this seems normal to them. Whereas that is not the approach in camp. They do not bring you into camp. They can't. They can't reframe your reality in camp because you're not there long enough and because you have parents and you, you know, it's like it's not they can't do that. They can't do the cult stuff. Right. That's why there are very few cults with kids, I suppose, whereas with adults, you can literally take over the whole life. You live here now. You no longer have contact with your family. Like they don't have enough agency to be brought exactly, in. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And then you, yeah. uh, the only way you can get it is you get the families and then the poor kids that are in those families become like grist for the middle of the cult. Um so military school, maybe, maybe close. Uh, Army, I don't think so. It's One t- reason I see military school also is that you've, what you're already picking up on is, let's make the obvious reference, is a little bit Lord of the Flies. Yeah. There's already a kind of, um, whether we like it or not, there is a, a disruptive cruelty to young people. You know, like John Mulaney says, they make fun of you, but like in an accurate way. You know, look at that wide hip man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think... That I don't know if that's uh, endemic, or if that's something that happens in every culture for teens and tweens, but I think you and I can attest from the very first episode of the show, where whatever the second one was, whatever, thrown to the wolves of puberty, that there's a, plenty of cruelty to go around, including all of us. So, But when you take this very rigid atmosphere, and it was a school for rich boys, it's worth saying, um, a lot of the kids who went there uh, were from Venezuela, and in 1979, that meant that their, their dad was an oil baron. And they were shipped off to St. Petersburg, Florida. 
they went through a two-month language or maybe a one-month language course to learn English, and then boom, they were dropped into a $6,000 a year military school. Um, and, you know, uh, Roberto is uh, Sue uh, Tio. Hmm. That's pretty good. Um, so maybe that, because you do, like, undermine people. Again, the Stasi, SS, sort of, like, reporting on each other sort of thing. Um, you know, and, and again, a thread that's going to run through a lot of these, so I really only have one other one here on my list. I'd like to hear what you think, but it's also that there's all the stuff that we as an outsider can look at and go like, oh, you've been separated from your family and your diet, like the, that poor woman, that woman who used to be an actress, uh, was she on Buffy that was in Nexium? that really pretty blonde woman who you know, like got an eating disorder and like, she didn't think she was in a cult. I mean, she was very high up and abusing other people. She was in a position of power, like, but she loved whatever that dingling's name, David, Barry, whatever that guy's name was. I mean, she loved him so much and she felt so such devotion to him. Or you think about in Wild Country, the way that lady felt about the, the leader guy. And I mean, I guess from the outside, you could look at that and call it self-delusion, but it doesn't feel like self-delusion. Maybe that's what makes it self-delusion. But we can really believe, start to believe that we're doing the right thing for the right reasons, you know? And, you know, something, going to something you said earlier, where you were talking about, like, how, you, you know, we are talking about how you're separated from your family, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, like you know, remember when you first heard, like, maybe in the 80s or 90s, first heard about deprogrammers, people that would get your kid out of, or your family member, out of a religious cult and then, quote, unquote, deprogram them. And, like, but that, that starts from this assumption that the cult thing is bad, Taking away my my family member and changing them is bad, et cetera, et cetera. Well, there's a hell of a lot of things where you could look at that and go like, you know, maybe that's not always bad. You know, maybe maybe the the, the strict hand you have with your kid who's not quite out of the closet yet. I mean, maybe that's not making the best f- situation for all the human beings in the house. But that's the state because dad gets to decide what's okay here. All I was going to say is that in in a there's something with all of this conversation that we're seeing played out every day, everywhere these days, which is we tend to respond to people who are acting very emotionally by also acting very emotionally, but diff- maybe similar emotions, but in for very different reasons. You know what I mean? And like, so with the cult stuff, if you're screaming at your kid about how they've joined a cult, I mean, maybe that works, but like you're getting emotional, they're getting emotional, everybody's emotional. And I understand why we get emotional. It's like, that, that's who we are. But like, it seems like today now in the discourse, that's just become our default for everything. It's like, if you're not emotional, it's sort of like I said a couple of weeks ago, where like in America, it's gotten to where anything that's, the only things that are private are shameful. And like, if, you, if, you, if it's worth having an opinion about, it's, a, it's worth being very emotional about. And I think it's interesting how much that ends up affecting the conversation about what is and is not as cult. Nobody, I'm, I've never been in a cult. Only you people get in cults. I'm I'm in a community that's very supportive. And maybe that's true here with me talking about my church or whatever. But do you, do you take my meaning, the emotional stuff? Yeah, I, and I feel like that's part of the, the discourse where like, I, I don't, I think the reality is that, um, the reality is that uh, most people do actually keep this stuff, don't talk about this stuff, right? Obviously, all we see are the people who are talking about it and that manifests online. And that's where you see the yelling and the emotion, whatever. But that's just the subset of people who have decided they're going to talk about this on either side, whether they're the person being yelled at or the person doing the yelling. But I think there's tons and tons of people who are 
neither being yelled at nor doing any yelling about this because either because the reality has been totally reframed and there's nothing to talk about or because they choose not to engage in that at all. So I think the colors are our perception of what the problem again. I always think about like Twitter, you know, Twitter is what, like 100 million people, 200 million people. Sorry for your uh, undercounting your uh, whatever is it, daily active users, DAU, MAUs. Anyway, MAUs, yeah. Um, but but that's nothing compared to Facebook, which is like all of humanity, which is like billions, right? And so when we, when right, you, right, if, right. You, if you're spending your day on Twitter and you think this is what everyone's doing, it's like, no, this is what 1% of the people are doing, <laughs> right? That's mm-hmm. it. And it's, and it's a noisy 1%. And some would say it's also an important and influential 1%. That's one of those 1%, pie graphs but, where if you, if you start interrogating all the parts of the pie graph, it keeps getting the... The number of the number of cases that the pie represents gets smaller, and the slice the size of the slices get weirder and weirder. Yeah, and, and then, but then I'm not saying things look much better when you go over to the full pie because if you look at Facebook, the full pie, and you get like, oh, well, there's like 17 subcults like there. Are you got QAnon? <laughs> you've got all like like yeah. talk about cults. That it's not any better over there, but the, but the discourse is different because they do have the tools to reframe. To, each of the cults have the tools to reframe the reality of the people who are in it, and so you don't get so much yelling about the stuff because they're all in some private facebook group where they're all just telling each other about you know horse deworm or whatever the hell they're talking about right and you know or QAnon. QAnon <laughs> is definitely uh well QAnon is not see this is the thing about cult i always when i look say something as a cult i always want to see okay but who is the you know who benefits what is the latin the quo yeah guess yeah, yeah right yeah. and in QAnon, unless you count all the people laughing about it like you know the people on 4chan and like the the q person themselves like basically they're just you know trolling or whatever there is not one person who's trying to, it's always got to come back to sex. There's not one person who's constantly trying to yeah. arrange to have mm. a steady stream of sex with uh, young people of his choice, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. in that way, it, it doesn't function like a cult. It functions more like what it is, a conspiracy theory or whatever, like sort of a self-sustaining altered reality for sure, but not not a, a machine built to serve the needs of a cabal or an individual, right? And that's what I feel like really distinguishes a cult. And that's why lots of stuff get eliminated. And so that's why probably your military school probably wasn't a cult unless there was a dear leader at the top of it who needed to have these but boys. But the, the, the thing is, though, you know, you'll, the, the part that I'm, I'm not putting well, and I'm not saying this makes something a cult, but it sure makes something close to a cult sometimes, is, for example, okay, I'm going to be mean, and I'm going to, oh, thank God people don't write us. The kind of thing that gets you guys in trouble on ATP. There's a there's a um, there's a uh, electric vehicle company that makes automobiles. Automobiles, okay, right? That guy, mm-hmm. South African mm-hmm. guy. Um, that sometimes feels a little bit, and, and not for the reasons that the Mac is a cult. Now you could call the Mac a cult and say that oh, in the sense of oh, you'll do anything to protect Steve Jobs. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, boy, I thought you think Steve Jobs was associated with the Apple brand. I think the electric vehicle company, that particular head of the company is much closer to the brand. This is like an episode of Robot or Not, because we have another uh, compound phrase to clarify what you're talking about. Cult of personality. The reason why they have to add the of personality is to say, oh, this isn't a cult where Elon Musk is trying to have sex with all the young woman Tesla owners, right? So you had there is a cult of personality in which... The people yeah, do want to defend I mean, dear leader I against think of Mao, I think of Mao, I think of Stalin. And, but like, yeah, and in the Stalin case is true because people thought of Uncle Joe, even though, you know, he might have put your brother into a Siberian prison camp, you still loved him very, very much in a, you know, I, I, I believe I remember hearing that for 1984, the notion of Big Brother, the closest real life thing to Big Brother was Orwell's conception of Stalin. 
and that sense of like, you know, how does that book end? Remember at the end when he's in room 101 and he says something like he learned to love Big Brother, something like that. And that's that's very real. But in the case of like, have you, so when people, I feel like when Apple people in the Apple cult freak out, I think they freak out out of some kind of a very sophisticated cognitive bias about retroactively defending all the decisions they've made in computer purchases. With Tesla, I think there's more to it. That is, there's so many people that are super into Tesla that have never been inside of a Tesla, let alone being able to like ever like actually afford one. But they are, what's that word they use? Um, you know, uh, oh shoot, uh, where you wish you were, like like the Seventeen magazine is read by thirteen year old girls. Aspirational. Aspirational. Tesla's a very aspirational brand, and I think in a way, boy, are you going to get email about this? A lot like Donald Trump. People loved Mr. Trump because he had become a success all on his own. He was independently wealthy all on his yeah. own. Was it the uh, a poor person's conception of a rich person? And yeah, any uh, what's her name? No, uh, Friendly Woods uh, said that I believe. Yeah, and absolutely true. But here's the thing. And but what does that also? Mean? It also meant that like I think people love that Donald Trump appeared to be defending them in particular. Like, you know, the same way that talk radio people are your pals who are defending you in a way your dad never did. If only he had protected you in the way that, you know, um, Jay Randolph Gunnington protects you. Um, right? But then I think it goes way further with Tesla because in the same way that people wanted to have a gold toilet like Mr. Trump, sir, I think people would like to see themselves, you know, there but for the grace of God go I, I guess in reverse, which is like, oh man, if I made the right decisions, I could be Donald Trump. I have the entrepreneurial spirit and like cryptocurrency, so I could probably be Elon Musk, right? And so when you attack Elon Musk, people feel like you're you're attacking me. So I think in some ways, if you're gonna go cult hunting, I think Tesla fandom is much closer to a cult than Apple fandom. I mean, do you know anybody who's bending over backwards to like die on a hill for Tim Cook right now? Not for Tim Cook, but for Apple as a company, you still see it. But but again, both of those, I feel like fail the test in that, yeah, that's happening with the with the fans of the company, but it's not happening in reverse. Even to the extent that Elon Musk cultivates his cult of personality, he is not arranging anything in his life or companies to build a You're machine. He's not getting late. He's not to, getting to, Yeah, to build a yeah. machine to get him to have sex with people. Like, that's, and, and, <laughs> like, thank it, you. Or, or to control people or to reframe their reality. Like, he, <laughs> he actually cares about, he has his own goals, and his goals basically do not include all of the, all of the, his, his goal is to become every families. meme a, a woman has ever posted that ends with <laughs> rather than go to therapy. Yeah, like, exactly. If anything, he would be well served to learn some of the tools of the cult masters to, to make his relationships more stable than they have been because he's really bad <laughs> it's really true uh, the other one and then i want to go uh, the other one is maybe kind of sort of and this is mm, orthogonal related two hops over from church stuff but like i think i mentioned to you my mom was in sales when i was a kid and and we would go to some of these like sort of seminars uh there's a guy named oh god how do i remember his name steve oniki Steve Oniki. Don't remember if you put it in, uh, something into the show notes, but you remember Steve Oniki. Ah, uh, it's just, it's brutal. I, I was remembering some of the 700 hobo names. <laughs> it's like, I, it's just, it's, it's, it's madness. You know, hobo Joe junk pan. Anyway, um, but, and I, and this is not a cult, but it sure makes me think. Uh, because if you think about, okay, okay, let's go to the film Glengarry Glenn Ross. Now that's not a cult. What's happening at that office but there are very much elements of the kinds of things that you do to 
as John likes to say, incentivize people inside of a cult-like group, right? So like, here's the thing. One of you is getting a Cadillac. Person in second place gets steak knives. And the person in third place is fired. I mean, this is Microsoft. Way, way, way to bullet point that one. Good job. <laughs> it's very Microsoft. But like in that case, there's a huge amount of pressure to keep up your rep and your, um, you know, to have your name go up on that board. And that was true at my mom's office too. Not nearly as viciously, obviously. It was Ohio. But they did have two big whiteboards. Originally, as we say, uh, green boards, as you say. One for sales and one for listings. So here's the listings. This is all of the properties that went on the market since last Wednesday with one of our agents over here. These are all the properties that were sold by our agents. And it's right up there on the board. The very first column, I believe, is your name. And the, the last column is like the, the dollar amount. You can very easily look at that board and see exactly how much every single person in the office made or didn't make that month. There's a lot of pressure to, to succeed. You're not going to get to keep that. You're not going to get to pay for that desk because you do pay for your desk. You're not going to pay for that desk. You're not going to be allowed to if they think you're dead, dead, uh, dead weight. And if Nobby, you know, Nobby was an older guy who worked there. He goes and he gets his hemorrhoids operated on, has to sit on a donut. Like that's a, that's a, that's a tough road to hoe when you're an old guy with hemorrhoids trying, trying to, you know, get up on the board, on the big board. People look at you. They think that you're weak, you know? The leads are the leads weak. are weak. <laughs> did, did they ring? Did, at your mom's office, did they ring a bell when someone made a sale? <laughs> Ding, no, it was more like the lobster. They just, they just start off running out of the back of the van. <laughs> um, so, but like in that case, though, why do I say that here? Because well, now we are just really one hop over from MLMs. So, like, if you and it's not an MLM, <laughs> this is not a pyramid scheme. Um, no, but you think about like, again, another thing I'm a, I'm a somewhat embarrassed connoisseur of is uh, media about multi-level marketing, you know, whether that's becoming, I'm becoming a God in central Florida or whether that's the, um, that amazing thing with Lulu Row on, uh, Amazon. I'm very into MLMs, uh, as a concept in all of those cases though, you need to come in and be relentlessly positive and not act like it's a scam. Because the whole point, your only ability to succeed in the scam is that once you realize it's a scam, you convince someone else that it's not. And you don't ever have to talk about that. You don't need to talk about that. You just know if you see a lady driving a pink Buick or, wow, a pink Cadillac, that means that she sold a lot of Mary Kay, something that my mom used to do and totally got scammed on. But you follow what I'm saying now? Like, okay, so if we just think it's John's obsession with guys in sunglasses having sex with young girls for some reason. No, what if we go this other direction? What if it really is all about printing that paper? And in that case, wow, that actually is. If we, if we say that like, oh, you know, what if, uh, what if bishops but too much? And it's just a way to like get those coffers filled. Well, God, MLMs and certain kinds of sales stuff really does feel a little bit like a cult. Yeah, like uh, uh, MLMs are kind of like a cult with a cabal, and the cabal is the people at the sort of top of the pyramid of setting it up, and it is totally a money and power-based thing, which is definitely a valid thing for cults to do. The reframing of reality happens kind of like, like it, it's a smaller degree because people go home at the end of the day, but like those boards, yeah. or, or even just like Glenn Game Ross, like the, the, the slight reframing of reality that you're doing is to make people care an unhealthy amount about whatever artificial construct you've created, whether it's where your name is on that board or like where you are in the the ladder of like Scientology or whatever. Scientology is a good example. I'm pretty sure aside from like abusing people or whatever, it's mostly a money and power trip for that cult. 
And if the, if if Scientology gets a little bit bigger, they could become an official religion just by by uh, having enough bureaucracy. But right now, they're not quite big enough for that. And there's a little bit too much craven money and power. Like mm. they need more bureaucracy to spread that around, and then they could just have mm. the the sort of massively distributed abuse, like the the Catholic Church. Anyway, well, the more, the more casual abuse, it's easier to adopt. Yeah, yeah, like it's 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 more evenly distributed, but it's really not the purpose of the thing. It's That's more what of a, it becomes says. more of a yeah. it becomes more of a William real estate says the abuse of the abuse is here. It's just not evenly distributed. Yeah, and and, and really just becomes more about uh, you know their you know like with the the royal family, the you know the country's largest landholders, <laughs> right? First, yes, uh, first and yes. foremost. But, and but, all yeah, swans. But, yeah. but having the names on the whiteboard and having people care a lot about whether they get parried, you know, reframing is not letting someone think, wait a second, why do I care if I get fired from this job that I hate, right? That's, the stakes of this are are not nearly as big as these people need me to believe it is. Right. And and you, you need to reframe that because if anyone ever has that moment of clarity of like third third prize is you're fired, it's like, why do I care if I'm fired? I hate this job. I'm out of here. I like, think we that, just saw that, John, over the last year. Look at how many people don't want to go back to their $14 an hour Burger King job. Right. Because they, 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 yeah, whatever, whatever reframing had been done on them by their life circumstances got undone. They deprogrammed themselves by you know, sitting at home for a month and going, wait yeah, a second, right? It's one thing to be poor, but I should at least be poor and have some free time. Yeah. Like, I know, I know that sounds, that I don't mean that to sound the way it sounds, but like, Jesus Christ, we told all these people that they were essential workers and then we sent them out in the middle of a hurricane with no tip to, to bring us our slice of pizza or whatever. And it's like, I would be a little bit cynical about that too, you know, or that, that, that amazing New York Magazine piece about delivery services in new york and electric bikes <laughs> oh my god that just curled my hair. to cross the bridge from the bandits like <laughs> exactly <laughs> there was a really good episode of what next about that but yeah yeah precisely so um but you know it's every the terrible thing in life is everyone has their reasons and uh, i've never been in a cult yeah I, I don't i don't think you have been in as you would say an according to hoyle cult but you've been yes, called correct. Jason. oh thank you yeah well you want to get up on that board you know what i'm saying Get them to sign on the line that is dotted. 